0: This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Laurel and Hardy Meet the Three Stooges. Two of the most beloved comedy troops of all time meet in a -a once-in-a-lifetime special event. Laurel and Hardy meet the Three Stooges in an incredible story combining their unique comedic stylings into one blockbuster tale. In Movers and Shakers, Larry, Mo, and Curly are knucklehead handymen that run headfirst into movers Stan and Ollie in a no-holds-barred laugh-a-minute riot. These five funny men are going to solve our homeowners' problems or bring the house down on top of them. This week on Dueling Review, Laurel and Hardy meet the Three Stooges. This is American Mythology Productions. This is the first time we have reviewed, or at least that I think we have reviewed, a title from them. I don't know if you've ever reviewed any of their stuff, Matthew, in the past.
1: I think I have, but I can't for the life of me remember what. It was was some licensed thing.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I think that's what they mostly. In. I think that's what they mostly do.
1: Yeah, I remember having to type it into the review on the website and going, huh, that's an interesting name," but no, I don't remember what it was.
0: Yeah, they they mostly do um, those license things. They've got who do they have? They have some Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff. They have some Zorro stuff. Of course, they have the Three Stooges stuff. They have Pink Panther uh, and a whole lot more. As just one of the many things that they have now. Our listeners asked us to review Laurel and Hardy Meet the Three Stooges, which, you know, fine. I will be happy to review Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges for our friends. <laughs> and here's what I'm going to say. This book is incredibly well written. The writer, S.A. Czech and James uh, Kouric, I believe, Kouric, uh, uh, I believe, are the, the writers on this. I probably butchered both their names. Although, S.A. Czech, I don't know if you can mess that up. They capture the voices of the Stooges and Laurel and Hardy perfectly. All the things that you would expect them to say. I could hear them say these lines as I'm reading this comic. There is just so much good writing. Everything is set up perfectly, just like you were watching a two-reeler back in the day. And I thought the writing in this was fantastic. Also, Diego uh, uh, Tape or Tepe, mm. the artist, did a fantastic job cartooning up Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges. Great, great, great art. I like this. I like this book from the for the writing standpoint and the art standpoint. What do cool. you think? What do you think, Matthew? Because the big actually... bu- the big butt is about to drop.
1: <laughs> it actually reminded me of the old charlton comics of the 50s and 60s charlton actually had uh an Abbott and costello ongoing which had a similar art style you know very mm-hmm, much a mm-hmm. cartoony sort of yeah, yeah. caricature i really really like this and i feel like they took the opportunity to make sure that we got various permutations so we got to see mo and you know oliver both trying to be bossy at the same time and we got to see larry and you know laurel and hardy and we got to see curly and 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 oh my god curly and stand together is just bad curly and stand together is terrible and i'm not sure is that is that lucille ball
0: that's what I thought it was, but I don't think that they can say that it is. Uh, But it was definitely somebody that looks familiar, but it could just be in the way that they drew it.
1: Sure. And I'm trying to figure I spent the whole time trying to figure out that who is the husband character if the wife is Lucille Ball.
0: But it's I
1: enjoyed this, too. Who
0: is it? Babalu. Ricky Ricardo.
1: That's not Ricky Ricardo.
0: It could be. You don't know.
1: Uh, it uh, th- doesn't even look like a Ricky Ricardo. Doesn't look like his haircut. So here's or anything. the
0: here's the thing, and this is this is um, my biggest first concern. It's not the big butt yet, right. okay? Here's my first concern about this comic. Um, you and I, growing up, had the. I don't know. I think we lived in a magical time where we were exposed to content from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s because independent channels needed something to fill up the airtime, and so they got these uh, syndicated little rascals, Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, uh, I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, all this stuff. Right. We got this because that was the only thing that they could buy, Beverly Hillbillies. That's
1: what they could afford, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I think... Us, our age, and maybe not too much younger, maybe I would say maybe six years younger than us, but not much more than that, Mm -hmm. had the pleasure and privilege of watching these shows as we were growing up, from the 70s through, I would say, probably 88 or so when cable broke big. I would agree. So I'm wondering, just out of curiosity, this book has to be targeted to older readers, and only older readers, because I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why this book would be created with anyone younger than thirty-five in mind.
1: I would agree. Uh, I would say that this is aimed at men in their forties and fifties.
0: I would, I would, I wouldn't even say forties and fifty. I would really say fifty and up. I would say fifty and older. It's I mean, you, you uh, when we went to school, our prof- or one of our professors. Was a huge Three Stooges fan. And he was a a decade or more ahead of us. And so, I I mean, I'm just still trying to figure out, you know, who are are they targeting?
1: Well, and this is the thing. You know, you have to ask yourself, how many copies is a successful comic? How (laughs) many members are there of the Sons of the Desert or the Stooges Society? You know, how many diehard fans are there out there who are willing to buy any Stooges or any Laurel and Hardy content and is it going to be 20,000 15,000 people I mean is it going to be enough people to make a 399 print run profitable when we talk about you know big books from major publishers like the Marvel in your DC and certainly I'm not disparaging American mythology productions but if a Marvel or DC comic is doing okay selling 35,000 comics how many copies do they really have to sell in order to be successful? Well,
0: and I, I guess a, 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 I guess that boils down to I have not heard of these writers or the artists. They did get um, Doc Shanover to or Eric Shanover to do one of the covers genre, yeah. for this piece, uh, so yep. maybe and, that will bring in some of his art fans to come and check it out. But I'm not familiar, and again, I don't uh, as. Uh, as my as I am, I don't usually pay attention to writers and artists on comics. I go in and read it and enjoy the I, art. And then if I like it, I, then I'm like, oh, who was this? Um, so the these creators here might have done something in the past, but I'm not familiar with it means which means they're probably working fairly inexpensively. So, you know, a 3000 comic run might be more than enough for them. Uh, maybe even a 2000 comic run. Heck, a thousand comic run might be enough for them. The only way that I was made aware of this book was when American mythology uh, productions or comics sent me a press release and saying, hey, uh, here's something that your readers might be interested in. And I was like, yeah, I'm interested in it only because of the novelty of it. And and that's what this is. It's a novelty comic. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I was interested in, in posting it because of the novelty of it, because... I was waiting for how many people to say they actually knew who any of these people were or the first person to go. I don't know who these people are, but, you know, I I know some people listening in the chat probably know Laurel and Hardy. I don't. Uh, Marshall is in the chat and he says he loves the Stooges, which is great. Um, but. I didn't see any other really major push or promotion for this. So unless there's a, you know, septuagenarian walking through the um, through the comic book store and stumbles across this. I really can't imagine that they're selling many. But even if they only sell 3000, you know, uh, many comic store owners are older and would probably recognize uh, these um, these characters. And so maybe they would stock a few, hoping that their friends will come in and buy it. So I, I'm sure that this comic broke even. Okay. Or and, and probably made a little bit of profit.
1: You have to ask yourself, you know, are are these creators, are these editors Doing this because they're fans to where maybe, you know, it's not about a profit, too. It's about no, keeping uh, the characters in play.
0: I yeah, it could be about keeping the characters in play. You did mention at the top of the show that these are licensed uh, yes. properties. So uh, somebody has to be out there and is interested in in keeping up Laurel and Hardy. And certainly with the Laurel and Hardy movie that you keep uh, telling me to watch, which I still haven't watched yet. Yeah, um, you, you know, there might be a resurgence of people who are interested in the antics of of these characters, which is all well and good. I was listening to a a podcast today and um, one of the hosts was talking about how a young web comic uh, person approached him and was talking about, have I gone too niche into my topic on this? And it really got me thinking, um, if you can make a successful comic run on, you know, some of these sports comics uh, that we see floating around and especially some of the really obscure stuff that's not American, not Boom Studios type stuff. But I'm like talking about like. Badminton comics out of Japan, right? Right. Um, the the person I was uh, listening to in the podcast was telling this other person that wrote in the question, saying, "No, no, uh, going in and finding the niche is what you need to do. And if you can find three thousand people that are you know slavishly devoted to your topic, then you're going to have a success. I'm sure that there are more than three thousand people that are slavishly devoted to Laurel and Hardy meet the Three Stooges, or both of those uh, groups, one of those groups, either of the groups." And so I think that if you can find that audience and the quality is good, I think you have a success. So I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. I think this writing is brilliant. It captures the voices of all of the characters that we grew up with watching on the black and white TV down in the basement. I think the art in this is really good. It's cartoony art. Uh, what was the one where, uh, is it three Stooges go to the moon where they were doing the three Stooges cartoon? In fact, there was a three Stooges cartoon, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes. There was also a a Laurel and Hardy
0: cartoon. Yeah, it is. It is way down into that really super cartoony look, but it looks good and it works. Okay. So I think that from, from everything that I've said, this should be a successful comic. But... I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Slapstick comedy and often physical comedy does not work in still form. It's tough. And uh, for that reason, this book utterly fails. If you're trying to do a, you know, uh, a board, somebody bends over and somebody spins around with the board and someone gets smacked and then you're smacking them and you're sticking your fingers up their nose and hitting them over the head with stuff. You've got right. to be a little bit more exaggerated to make that come across. And so and they try to do so much of the Stooges routine and so much of the Laurel and Hardy stuff in this book, and it just doesn't work for me. I think that the the pulling off the physical gags totally causes this book to flop.
1: It is difficult. And you know, I think the only one that really works for me is the one that's most exaggerated, and that's the flooded room where we see the huge gusher of water, you know, wash the Stooges out, catch Stan and Ollie, and wash everybody out into the yard. But it's immediately followed, as you said, by a shot where Curly is supposed to be delivering an arm drop as uh, artificial resuscitation, and then they do the board to the back of the head routine. Right, right. It doesn't quite work. And one of the big set, the big action piece is Curly... And and stand on a bulldozer. And it's a point of view shot down the nose of the bulldozer, which is great theoretically, but it ends up being several static shots, and you don't really get the feeling of action that you would if you had literally mounted a camera on the bulldozer and had two men driving it at three other men. So
0: just in your mind, let's let's take a mind journey into Matthew's mind. A scary place, I know. But Imagine you are watching this As a Three Stooges short or an actual Laurel and Hardy short, Mm -hmm. how is that filmed? When I, mean, I picture could, when I picture this all I see is everything is kind of like sped up, you know, they they've they've, they've right. they filmed it slower so that nobody's really in danger, but then they and sped they it up and you see it. their arms. Yeah, so you see their arms kind of flailing as they get out. Like you see right. a lot of the stunts that you you saw in some of the older black and white films. That's the only thing that I that I see when I saw that coming. I was like, "Oh, this is great." And then I realized, "Oh no, none of that is actually happening in this panel." So it again falls flat for me. Now, I don't know if it works for you, but for me it really really fell flat.
1: Some of it did. Um, most of it, as I said, did not. And I had another issue with the book that kind of popped up. There's a, an early gag where we see Stan and Ollie at the corner of Healy and Harmon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: I'm like, Harmon is weird. And why is this billed as Larry Harmon's Laurel and Hardy? And apparently, uh Larry Harmon, the original Bozo the Clown, literally bought the rights, the likeness rights to Laurel and Hardy. So I'm like, well, that that's kind of creepy. And then I started thinking about the fact that uh, the last of these five men to pass away passed away when we were four. Uh, that was Mo. Mo who died yeah. in seventy-five. Uh, everybody else was dead, I think, with the exception of Larry before we were born.
0: What about Joe Besser? When did he die?
1: Joe Besser, I think he died in the well, maybe the late seventies. Joe Besser was working on uh, Laugh Olympics as late as seventy-eight.
0: Oh, yeah, he died in 88, so he's the last Stooge to die, even though I don't really count him as a Stooge.
1: Well, Joe Besser is definitely a Stooge. He's just not one of the classics.
0: He's just not one of the good ones.
1: "Eh, He's not a terrible one. He was only in for a couple of years, in like the late 50s.
0: Yeah, at the end, towards the end.
1: And, you know, he was doing the same. He was doing his Joe Besser shtick. It's like the two Stooges and a a stinky print whistle. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it was unnerving to me when I realized, hey, that's Lucille Ball. And then my brain said, she's dead. And then I'm like, oh, my God, Curly's dead. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're all dead. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, here all is dead. Dead.
0: Everybody in this book is dead. Uh, and Larry
1: and- Harmon, also dead. Larry Harmon died away or passed away in the 80s. So yeah. the man who this book is credited for, the Larry Harmon's Laurel and Hardy, they're all deceased. And I'm just, oh. There's something about it that made me very sad on kind of a meta-textual level, mm-hmm. even while I was enjoying. Because the opening really felt kind of like a nice Stooges opening.
0: Oh yeah, you know, no, it could, was it was perfect. I was just like, oh my god, they've captured their voices. The phone, the phone, the phone, the yeah. cheese. Yeah, yeah, was nice. yeah. No, it it was it was great. It was great. But then as it went along, I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 no.
1: Yeah, but just. The, the gags were not coming off. And there's I mean, a scene where yeah. uh, Oliver drives a truck into a too small uh, thing. and rips the top off the truck, mm-hmm. but we don't even get the implication of motion from it. You see the truck, you right. see the thing, and you see the top partially ripped off. And then you're like, oh no. And Stan's like, it could be worse.
0: Yes. It could have been, br- what is it? It could have been a bridge or something. It
1: could have been a bridge. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah. I, no, I, mean, I like I, the voices. I, I, I like what they tried yeah. to do here, and I feel like it's an entertaining comic.
0: It really is, but it
1: is it is not successful for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah.
0: Now, if you want to just read something that's in great a great writing and some really good art, I think I think this is a good book to pick up. But the physical gags, which is what these two groups are known for, isn't there. It doesn't come across in the page. And I and I really thought about showing this to my youngest to see what he thought of this. But then I was like, he'd probably just look at this and go, this is boring.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that is part of it. If you strip this of any, shall we say sympathy or any sort of, you know, Uh, aesthetic reasoning. Yeah. If you don't have some sort of connection to the Stooges or to Laurel and Hardy, and I don't really have a Laurel and Hardy thing. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of theirs. I don't hate them. I just don't feel a deep emotional connection to them, but we used to watch the three stooges in school. We would like, you know, (laughs) we would have the Lyceum and they'd be like, here, here's a three stooges short to shut you up. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's a moment where you're okay, cat, you need to get down, get down, get off me you little punk. Sorry about that. There's a moment where you have to say, not just, is there, you know, anything here that an, a person who does not love the Stooges or does not love Laurel and Hardy just going to walk in off the street and buy this and be super amused? Maybe. I mean, it's it's kind of a boilerplate cartoon story. It's the kind of mm-hmm. thing that you might see in a Dell comic of the fifties mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. Charlton comic of the sixties, and that's yeah. But fine. in the fifties and
0: sixties, that would have been fine because everybody would have known who these guys were,
1: and everybody would have been doing the same thing in their comics. That's yeah. something else that you look at. You know, if you read those old comics. This type of story is exactly what you get. You could do this, you could rewrite this whole thing and redraw it as a crossover between Woody Woodpecker and Bugs Bunny in 1965 and get the same effect. And I think that's part of it. It's a classic comic book issue, a classic comic book wacky story featuring these classic film actors. And I think you have to have an actual attachment to one or the other, or ideally both properties for this to be successful. And I feel like our attachment is enough that we were able to get by some of, but not all of the the flaws in how you're translating this, mm-hmm, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a super, super fan, if you number yourself as a son of the desert, or if you number yourself as, you know, one of the, the giant stooge fans this is probably a book for you, but yeah. I think that if, if you're under 25, this is going to be something where you're like, what is this?
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, Marshall says that he loves the Stooges. He says, I've got a DVD collection of the Stooges. I think you might enjoy this if you're okay with the sight gag. I mean, there's, one point where Curly's trying to do the Curly shuffle, and it just looks like he fell over on his side and is having a right. spasm attack, right? And
1: in the same panel, Stan and Ollie are doing their their commenced dancing routine. Yeah. But it, it looks like they've stopped in, in you know, kind of mid-move. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I literally just, and Stephen mocked me for it, but a couple of weeks ago watched the uh, John C. Riley biopic. No, I
0: wasn't mocking you for it I because I really want to see it. It looks really, really yeah. good. I just have not and, had a chance to see it.
1: I literally know I have an immediate memory, like two weeks old of what that dance looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wait, are they, I had to think, are they doing the dance? Because the dance is a big emotional beat in the movie. Yeah. And the way it's drawn here, it's like, okay, this is oh, right, It's the dance, you know?
0: And well, and that's <sighs> why, that's why I think the art in this is brilliant because they capture the caricatures of all the characters, yes. the artist, And and the writers, too, have to have a knowledge, a fairly in-depth knowledge. This isn't like you watch one episode of The Stooges, although The Stooges have done the handyman routine before. You don't just watch one episode of The Stooges or Laurel and Hardy and base the entire comic on that. So they have to have an understanding of who these characters are so that when you hit these beats or when you hit these moments that fans would recognize, it has to pay off. So it's clear that they've done their research on this. Right. And again, uh, Marshall apparently did buy this comic. He says, I did enjoy it, but you're so right about the slapstick and the physical stuff. Uh, Omega Lacerous says, I'm aware of everybody you've mentioned. However, I can't say I've ever sat and watched more than a couple of minutes, which I tried to get my kids into the Three Stooges. Oh, about five or six years ago, and they were having none of it. I'm like, what are you you kids are like six and four. This is like the best time to watch the stooges. And they were just like, It's in black and white and it's old. This stuff doesn't matter. Let's go watch SpongeBob and I'm like, Oh you kids. Well, you
1: know, kids love what they're gonna yeah, love. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that the success of any three stooges property for me always comes down to one thing that most people don't think about. The core of the three stooges, the heart the backbone of the three Stooges is Lewis Feinberg, Larry. Mm-hmm. If you can get Larry, you can get the Stooges because Mo is super, super over the top. Why I oughta. And Curly is nuts, and Curly is always nuts, and occasionally you get Shampoo Needs Cheese. I think that it's easy to grasp those characters. It's a little harder to grasp the role of Larry here. Mm-hmm. And they do it. They get Larry... Just right to the point where, again, you can hear the voices. I just feel like had this been a little flash animated thing, or you know, even
0: animated to the point where you like, yeah,
1: a motion comic. God help me, I hate motion (laughs) comics. But had it been something of that nature, I feel like we'd be all stars. It would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nine slices of meatloaf and a bag of chips, and Mm -hmm. and how i over there? So I'm
0: I'm very curious to our listeners. How many of you are fans of either the Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy? And I'm not talking about of, oh, yes, I know who they are. I'm talking about right. you grew up watching these guys. You know, their routines, you know, right. name, you know, name five of their albums. yes name, <laughs> name, name five of the Three Stooges uh, right. or six. If you're if you really want to go with uh, Ted Healy you, as a stooge, um, you know
1: what a fake shamp means.
0: Yes. If um, you know all you know. that stuff, please write to us podcast at Majorspoilers dot because I'm very curious uh, again, a number of you and I'm going to guess. Here's the reason why I'm going to guess that this picked out. we know that Marshall is a fan, but this was an overwhelmingly yes, we want you to review this. And I don't know if it's because listeners truly were fans of this and wanted to see what uh, we thought of this, or if they were all deciding to go with something super obscure to to get us angry or whatever. Um, so I'm very curious of all of our listeners out there. Please write to us podcast at majorspoilers.com or use the comment section for this post over at majorspoilers.com, or better yet, get in the dueling review uh, chat. Uh, room over on the discord server and let us know. I want to know how many of you are diehard fans and are truly interested in this comic. Because again, if you're truly interested in this comic and you're fans of the stooges and and Laurel and Hardy, then I think you're going to enjoy the book. It has its failings, but I think it's, I think it's really good. I'm going to give it as much as I, as I think the slapstick doesn't work. I'm going to give it a thumbs up.
1: I would agree. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm asterisking it, but I would say it's a recommend from me with the caveat that if you don't know, you won't probably yeah. love this. And, and that's
0: what I'm going to say too. Yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. it it's got some moments to it. It's got. I think that the thing that really sells it for me is the introduction moment where you can kind of see it and your brain like wants it to happen. Yes. Because if you're if, like, if, this would be great if this could happen, but you know, they, they're all dead.
0: Yeah. No, when, <laughs> when they all come in, I mean, when they all come into the house, hello, 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 hello. hello. Uh, the, you don't understand that. All you see is three guys going, hello, hello, hello. And then it's like, right. okay, well, I don't understand that if you don't know what's, what the routine is. So I don't know. It's just, I I enjoyed it, but man, I, I think it is for super, 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 Narrow scoped yeah. people, not, not narrow scoped in, in your vision, but I just mean a, a very niche audience.
1: My favorite moment in the whole book is the moment where they don't realize what's going on. And Mo's like, somebody get me a hammer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and stands like, here you are. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, that's, that's what I signed up for. That's what yeah. I came in for. And when we finally get, you know, Curly and Stan on the bulldozer, I wanted it to be so great. And it was just, it was just mostly good. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe we wanted more from this than it could deliver in 30 pages of comics.
0: Maybe, maybe. Anyway, thank you, dear uh, listeners out there who all voted for Laurel and Hardy Meet Three Stooges. That's what we reviewed this week. What are we going to review next week? Well, coming out next week from Boom Studios, we have Alienated number one. That gets a second printing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 13. King of Nowhere number one. And Magicians number five. The final issue of that. I have just speaking of five. I've just started the fifth season of The Magicians. Uh, Dark Horse Comics next week has Crone number five. Uh, it's the final issue of that. Kill Whitey Donovan, number four, the penultimate issue there. And also the Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Sweep Deluxe uh, Limited Hardcover Volume. Oh my gosh, it's so much to say. Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Sweep Deluxe Limited Hardcover Volume One for 80 bucks. And as a reminder, because I know some people have already voted, we don't review trade paperbacks as part of uh, the Dueling Review. It's all about single Good. issues. If you want us to review trade paperbacks, that is all part of the Major Spoilers Podcast, a smaller a part show. or a subset of the Major Spoilers experience. DC Comics next week. Batman number 90. Ooh, Daphne Byrne. That's the one that you were thinking about, Matthew, from uh, Hill House Comics. Daphne Byrne number three. Flash 750. And there are, what are there, like eight different uh, variant covers for each of the decades? This also supposedly has something about uh, Generation 5 in it. We'll see what happens now that the big <laughs> shakeup has happened, I doubt that they've yanked anything out because literally that that whole thing blew up last yeah. a week ago. So they're not and yanking anything has out
1: Been printed for a couple of weeks
0: now. Yes. And it's also been delayed by a couple of weeks. This is supposed to come out, I think, two weeks ago. Uh Oh, yeah. Harley Quinn, number 71, Justice League, number 42, Strange Adventures, number one. Oh, I'm very excited about this one. I'm very excited about to see how this uh, series plays out. Dynamite Entertainment has Death to the Army of Darkness, number one. Kiss Zombies, number four. Don't ever kiss zombies, but Kiss Zombies, number four. Red Sonia, see. I'm always going to get you to laugh at that one. Red Sonja, number 14. Red Sonja, Age of Chaos, number two. Vampirilla, number eight. And Vengeance of Vampirilla, number six. Also, Kiss Zombies, number four, but don't kiss zombies. Just stop. Just, okay, just Stop. Zombies. Just stop. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, IDW Publishing has Corto Maltese, the graphic novel Ballad of the Salty Sea. I can't remember if that's the one, one of the ones of the Corto Maltese books that we reviewed on the Major Spoilers podcast, but if you're looking for some European comics, you can't go wrong with Corto Maltese for $34.99. Uh, Crow, Leth, or LaVie, number one, uh, comes he out next I week. Pronounced pronounced. I, I believe it's LaVie, <laughs> which Pets means... That's French for the... <laughs> Ghostbusters. My
1: favorite po- punk band. So, yeah, it's
0: great. <laughs> Ghostbusters year one, number two. Uh, let's see. Ragnar- Ragnarok, Breaking of Helheim, number four. Sonic the Hedgehog, number 26. And TMNT Urban Legends, number 22. Image Comics TMNT next week. Urban
1: Legends.
0: Birthright, number 42. Maneaters Tomorrow belongs to you. Uh, Mirka Andolfo Mercy, number one. I don't know what that means, but probably just a Mercy comic. Also, Outer Darkness Chew, number one. Oh, new new Chew comics on the way. It's only a three issue <laughs> series, so you might want to check that out. Uh, Marvel comics next week, twenty twenty Rescue Number One, Black 2020 pa- Rescue. Yes, remember what was the what was that? Oh, n- Rescue Nine One One. Not to be confused with Rescue Nine One One.
1: That was Shatner. That was
0: yeah yeah that yeah was yeah. Black Panther is, and the Agents is, of uh, Wakanda Number Gwyneth Seven. Paltrow. Yeah, the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, character. That's what I thought. Uh, let's see, Conan Battle for the Serpent Crown Number Two. I did review issue Number One. It was pretty good. Uh, We'll see what issue two uh, holds for us. Daredevil number 19, Iron Man 2020 number three, middle uh, issue of the series there. Marvel number one of six, Spider-Man Noir number one. Ooh, Spider-Man Noir number one. Ooh. Strange Academy number one. Ooh, now that one could be good. A couple of people have asked us already about Strange Academy. That's the the Dr. Strange opens up his own wizarding academy for muggles. Yep.
1: Dr. Strange at Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: X Men number nine, and also here is a collection that, if you have the money, you might want to consider X Men: Children of the Atom hardcover box set Slipcase, five hundred bucks. Now, if you're buying the X Men: Children of the Atom hardcover box set Slipcase for five hundred bucks, how about you do us a favor and slip <laughs> us a few bucks? By becoming yeah. a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. I'm going to read all the rest as soon as Matthew tells us some of the advantages of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers.
1: If you are a major spoilers patron, not only do you get to support an awesome website full of awesome people doing creative stuff, you get exclusive content just for you. You get an entire exclusive podcast. You get behind-the-scenes information. You get every week. You know how we have that cool Major Spoilers podcast? You get to hear a little bit that comes before that. Some of the best stuff is actually in that. Not that the Major Spoilers podcast isn't amazing. It's a great show. I'm just saying, sometimes we curse. Uh, You get access to Critical Hit a week early. We're working. We are so close to Critical Hit two weeks early, which would mean you guys would know what's happening down the road in the Void Saga. As the Void Saga starts to move towards its close, You're going to want to be two and three and seven weeks ahead because even I don't know what happens next. And I was there. And most importantly, you have access to a full array array of cool stuff. Uh, If you're a patron, you can actually come and be a part of Dueling Review live every week, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You can hang out with us and you can be like, hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys, look at me. Hey, look what I can do. And we'll be like, yeah, that's great. That's great. Do that in the show. You can be all a part of that if you are a patron at Major Spoilers. Patreon.com forward slash Major Spoilers.
0: Yeah, go check it out. There are a number of different pledge levels you can get. You can get uh, silver, gold, associate producer, producer. All come with varying rewards. And uh, next week, if you're a gold member, oh, it's going to be a good time to be a gold member. Now, back to the rest of the comics coming out next week. Amalgamama, Space Zombies, (sighs) number four.
1: I think that's Amalgamma.
0: Uh. Uh, Malamagama, space zombie number four. Uh, I think she's a space zombie, so it's probably like, space space. zombie number four. Uh, Let's see, also next week, Battle Cats, Tale of Valdaria number two, Carson of Venus, Realm of the Dead. That's uh, based on the good old, old, uh, what's his face, Tarzan Rider books. Robert, Sumer- yeah, no, no uh, not James Robert Iverhears. Adler- no, I'm always I'm always forgetting what what his name is off the top. It's, of my head. Uh,
1: uh, Tarzan was created by Walt Disney. No,
0: yes. by Walt bad. Disney. It'll come to me at the end of this it was, show. It
1: was Michael Eisner. That's yes. What
0: it was. Uh, Sumerian, Queen of the Black Coast, number one. Also coming out next week. Dryad, number one. Uh, Goon, number nine. Wow. A new Goon comic. Oh, that's got to be a, a different kind of thing. It's got a Powell cover. But why is Goon not at Dark Horse anymore? That is a surprise. Oh, that's right. Powell went and did, started doing his own thing. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of concerning that it's not being released through Dark Horse. Uh, Money Shot, number five. There you go, Matthew. The fi- I don't know if that's the final issue of that. Don't Didn't you just review that?
1: Uh, I reviewed something. I may have reviewed that issue. No, I think I reviewed issue number four.
0: Okay. Well, there's a new issue <laughs> of Money Shot Maybe. coming out next week. Same way with Pink Lemonade, number two. Red Agent, Island of Dr. Moreau, number three. And Vampironica, New Blood, number three, from Archie Comics. What'll we review next? It's all up to you. Head over to patreon.com slash spoilers. Look for the post uh, that has the complete list of comics that are coming out next week. Then in the comment section, just let us know what you want us to review next. And the one that has the most votes wins. But don't wait too long. Voting closes Sunday nights when I prep the shows for the week. And I have to go through that list and figure out what we're going to review. So don't wait. Get out there. Get to voting. And we will review that next time on Dueling Review, when you might hear Matthew say.
1: Next time, we're going to review Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Meet Vladimir and Estragon, written by Edgar Rice Burroughs.
0: This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S.